Welcome to the Inspired by Adventure podcast, bringing you the adventure across the airwaves. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of our uh, Inspired by Adventure podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cole Watkins, and today we have the very talented and always funny Mike Miskleski and Mike Haber of Mike and Mike Photography School. How are you guys doing today? We're doing, we're doing great. great. Hey, happy new year. Yeah, how, how, how was y'all's Christmas and new year? Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yep. Let's go. I'm glad to hear that. Thank God 2020 is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Well, if you guys have never heard of Mike and Mike before, they are our partner photography school. You can join any of their select weeks to become a better underwater photographer. These immersive photo courses have helped hundreds of students capture beautiful images and continue their hobby of underwater photography. And you guys have been doing this now for how long? Since 1988, you do the math. <laughs> That's the year I was born, so 32. There you go. Oh, hey, this conversation's over right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, Aggressor started in, in 1984, and you guys were right there four years after, so it's, it's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, uh, Wayne Hassan and Ann Hassan um, were, were, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure, but they were after Jim for uh, many years, uh, you know, since Aggressor started to have him start teaching on board. And um, in 1988, um, he and I started and Mike joined us as well, um, alternating between me and him helping Jim out. So, but we'll maybe get into that later. <laughs> you want to take a minute and explain who Jim was? Yeah, we will. Do that. Yeah. So uh, do you want to, let's hop on into that first and then we can, then we can talk about y'all's backgrounds. How's that sound? Sounds great. Yeah, so tell us about Jim Church and what Mike and Mike Photography is now, is, was formerly known as Jim Church Underwater School of Photography. Well, you know, when they, when they have that phrase, he wrote the book, they actually mean that about Jim. Because um, uh, when he started taking pictures underwater back in the late 50s, early 60s, there were no books. And he was kind of like the kind of guy that would figure things out and, and make them happen. And, and he was one of the pioneers of teaching underwater photography. And, and he wrote, uh, got what, five, six, seven, eight books on underwater photography um, and, and how, to, how to better it. Um, uh, so uh, he started teaching uh, with um, his wife helping him uh, back in the early 70s wow. at Spanish Bay Reef and Grand Cayman. And they... Um, taught there for a number of years, then they moved to the Virgin Islands to teach for a couple of years, number of years, and then they actually finished up back in Cayman when they were divorced in 1987, and that's actually the year I started working with them. Um, but, um, and after the, after two seasons of working with them in Cayman, they went their separate ways, and Jim and I started teaching on the aggressors and, and Mike um, uh, and I would alternate on helping them. Um, but the, the story of how we got involved with Jim Church is great. And I'll flip that over to Mike and he can probably do a better job telling that one. <laughs> well, you know, both Mike and I came from uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, and uh, Mike started diving in 1975. And he talked me into taking a class in 1976. And um, that was my first year of scuba diving. 
I had always been interested in photography. So uh, photography came for me before scuba diving. And um, it, it was always something that I wanted to bring into the sport for myself. But while we were diving up in New Jersey, it was mostly about diving wrecks. And um, it wasn't so much uh, our interest in, in taking pictures of the wrecks as it was as finding cool artifacts on the wrecks back in those days off the coast of New Jersey and, and New York. Uh, but what happened was like in 1979, I actually bought uh, an Icolite housing and uh, for a Canon F1 camera, convinced my wife that uh, once I spent that money, I'd probably never have to spend any more money on underwater photography ever again. And that lie um, continues to this day. Um, but, but what happened was I started to take pictures and, and Mike had mentioned Jim's books, but as important as, and maybe more important than his books were his monthly articles in Skin Diver magazine. And Skin Diver at the time was the Bible for, uh, for divers. You know, it was where you went to read about what gear to get. Um, and every month Jim had an article about, uh, underwater photography and and this was primarily in in the infancy of of underwater photography in in the sport and so I would read his articles and I got his books and Mike got his books and I would read the books and and there was always something missing in my mind I, I couldn't quite connect the, the the two wires together and so finally I think it was in 1984, um, I decided that I was going to take a Jim and Kathy uh, church course um, that was going to take place in St. Thomas that summer. And I coerced Mike to, uh, to join me. We both went down. And as God is my witness, within 15 minutes of talking to Jim, those those missing links that I couldn't quite put together um, started to connect. You know, he had such a common sense way of explaining underwater photography. And even to this day, I mean, you'll run into people who are really, really great photographers and, and you'll overhear them explaining things to people. And it really sounds complex at times, but with Jim, thank God for me, um, he was able to, to bring it down to a level that even I could understand. And, and, and so um, we took one course and that led to taking a bunch of courses. And uh, uh, we took one in, well, Mike took two in 84. Uh, we both took one in 85. Oh, no, that was the trip to truck. 85, 85 was 85 was our truck trip okay. right so 80, didn't teach that year okay so 85 we got a, a special invitation to uh, uh, join him and a select number of, of guests to go to to truck lagoon which was the first of uh, God I guess about eight nine trips to to truck lagoon over the years um, we we still couldn't shake that sh that shipwreck love. 
that we started in, in New Jersey. But this time, it was all about photography at that point. And we had, we had put away our, our treasure hunting uh, gear and, and strictly started to build on, on our underwater photography. And that's what led to in 87 um, with the job that I had, I was being transferred down to Florida and uh, Jim had asked uh, Mike uh, if, if he would be um, their assistant in, uh, in Cayman. And so that's how Mike got involved. And um, after that, you know, we were taking a lot of trips. Obviously, Mike was traveling with Jim quite a bit at that point, was, was teaching with, uh, with Jim, and in fact, was Jim's roommate for a while. Um, and then um, a couple years later, Jim moved to Florida. So we became physically much, much closer to one another. And then Mike moved to Florida and... Um, Back from the Cayman Islands. Yeah, and then uh, well, I actually moved to Florida from from California. Oh and no, Jim Jim moved to Florida from California, yeah, right? He was, he was living in Gilroy, California, and so he moved uh, fairly close to us. And I mean, we were over there with him all the time. And like Mike said earlier, that's when we started to travel with Jim on his trips as his teaching assistants. Uh, which continued that way uh, right up until the time he passed away. And then once he passed away, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ann and Wayne uh, Hassan asked us if we would continue to do what uh, Jim was doing on Aggressor. And so that's why up until uh, last year it was always called the Jim Church School of Underwater Photography. Mm -hmm. But given the fact that we started doing this in, in 2002, um, as, you can, as you well know, uh, in all those years, Jim's name kind of started to fade with the general public. And, and so that's why we made the switch to the Mike and Mike School of Underwater Photography because it's just that you know, over over more recent years, people got to know us as an entity more so than Jim as an as an entity. But make no mistake, we could not possibly be in the position that we're in if it had not been for Jim. I mean, anything that we do with underwater photography rests squarely on on his shoulders. He was to to Mike and I. He was and always will be our mentor and a, a giant, but he was great fun. Uh, he was a funny, funny guy and we loved him dearly. What was the age difference between you guys? Us and Jim? Yeah. Jim was uh, 22 years older than us. Okay. And so we- And it's we, funny, when we started, when we first met Jim, you know, we perceived him as this old dude and uh, now we're the old dudes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's very cool. I'm, uh, I'm sure the, uh, the church family really appreciates you guys, you know, running the, um, the Jim Church name for as long as you guys did. You said he passed in 02? 
December 31st, 2002, for tax purposes. <laughs> for tax purposes? <laughs> yeah. If he could have worked it out that way, he would have. But it just so happens that, you know. <laughs> December 31st. Well, that's very cool. So, um, you know, uh, Haber, you told us a little bit about how you got you got into photography before you got into diving. Uh, Miskleski, was it the same for you or were you more into diving before? Well, you know, um, I got into diving from uh, Sea Hunt, the TV show, Lloyd Bridges, that's muy macho. <laughs> and um, uh, that always perked my, my desire to get into diving. Um, I, I was a photographer prior to that, but more, more so, you know, like college newspaper type of thing, pictures uh, for my own interests, but nothing, nothing that uh, would write home about. And so, uh, like Mike said, when we started diving, the, the big interest there was the artifacts, because a lot of the wrecks that we dove on were from the late 1800s, and they were nothing more than a pile of rubble, and, you know, you dig on them and, and find a, a bottle or something like that and think you'd have, have a treasure. Um, it was when we got into the, the, the Jim Church course uh, that, it became, that it became more encompassing. You know, like Mike said, he had gotten a, um, uh, an Eichelite housing for his Canon F1 um, and his 50 millimeter standard lens, which yeah. was all he would ever need for the rest of his life underwater. And, uh, and to my point, I got myself an old Nikonos 2 with a 35 millimeter lens and a set of extension tubes and an aqua flash, uh, flash with an EO connector that sometimes worked and most of the time didn't. So for those people who understand what I'm talking about, there you go. And it just, it just built on from there um, in terms of, of our, of our interest. And, and, and Jim's first class is, is uh, what actually pushed us to like more than 100% to being interested in this and, and loving it and doing it more and uh, emptying our bank accounts. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, so let's tell, tell uh, our uh, listeners how you guys would describe your charters if they've never, if they've never, if they've maybe been on a liveaboard but have never, you know, tried to do anything extra on the liveaboard. Like what they would I would say, uh, and I think Mike will totally agree with me that it's more like a marine boot camp on steroids. It is. It's just rough. It's hard. It's difficult. People leave crying sometimes during the middle of the week. They can't stand it. Nah, we're just kidding. Um, you know, uh, above all, we look at it as the, the guests vacation. So that should be their entertainment and their enjoyment. Okay. Um, but accompanying that they also want to get something out of it. So we try and make the class, we try and make the learning experience, um, educational, but fun. You know, we try and take the stress away from it but still have them uh, leave the class with a bunch of great pictures and um, uh, the desire to do more, okay? Um, uh, you got something to add while I'm thinking yeah, of words here? Um, I think, I think um, aside from learning how to actually do underwater photography from Jim, um, more importantly, we learn 
how to teach underwater photography from Jim because mm -hmm. he and then we after that um, really make an attempt to bring it down to the simplest level. It's not a difficult subject. It's, it's really, really simple, okay? But sometimes you just need people to help you understand the simplicity of it, okay? We're all used to uh, taking pictures topside and then all of a sudden you get underwater and it's not happening the same way for you as it did topside. And you're dealing with a different environment. So our goal is to explain why that environment is, is making your pictures not come out the way they would have had you been taking the pictures up in the air in uh, above water and then, and then the simple techniques involved in changing that and fixing it, okay? It, we certainly don't get up, you know, every, every day on our, on our trips, we will at, at one point, usually in between the first and the second dive of the day, during the surface interval, we will have a lecture, okay? And we've got, we've got, um, you know, a, a slideshow up there where um, we show people uh, the intricacies of, of how to take an underwater picture, but everything is, is, is brought down to the simplest level that we can possibly communicate. And, and again, all the way along, you know, what we try to tell people, if a couple of monkeys like Mike and I can do it, then, then people who are actually bright, brighter than us can, can do it as well. And, and that's, that's the way that we, we try to present it to people. Um, and all along the way, the one thing we try to, we try to push is it's not that difficult. You just really need to discipline yourself to understand what's different about that medium that you're shooting through the water and what you have to do in order to give yourself the best opportunity to have a clear, crisp, colorful photograph. And you know, um, we we try and uh, and be available to everybody from the time we get up till the time we go to bed. All right. Uh, at at some point, we're going to do a one on one with you. We're not just that lecture one lecture a day type of person. Okay, we're we're trying to to help you whether we're topside on the boat or even underwater, helping you set up pictures like that. Uh, and we work with the people in the water as well. Yeah. And and we uh, there are times when we do take our cameras, but that would be more like on the exotic trips, like Indonesia or Red Sea or something like that, where people are are on that trip as repeaters. Okay, they don't need as much handholding in the water. But in our on our Belize on our Caribbean trips to Belize, uh, Cayman, the Bahamas, uh, Roatan, uh, that whole area in there, we are we, we probably we, we won't take our cameras in the water, but we will bring them along with us in case somebody's camera system craps out. We will lend them ours, okay? But uh, but we're 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 more interested in in getting them comfortable in the water, getting them uh, comfortable with the equipment. 
and having them have fun taking pictures, okay? The most important element of, of the entire week um, happens usually in the evening. Um, for people who don't make a night dive, it'll be right after dinner. For people who make the night dive, we wait until they come back from the night dive and it'll be after the night dive. But we sit down with them at their computers and review the pictures that they've taken so far. And I know there are a lot of people who go and, and take um, photography in general courses, okay? And I've heard a lot of stories about, uh, you know, famous photographers who, who um, uh, almost yell at people because of, of, oh, you didn't do it this way. And you didn't. That's not us at all. We figure there is something to learn from every shot that you take. And, and if it's quote unquote, a bad shot, then we're gonna discuss the shot technically, okay? As to what could have been done to fix it. And, and back when we started, who would have ever dreamed that we would be able to sit on a computer, look at digital pictures that actually have the information of, of how that picture was taken, that you would have the f-stop, you would have the ISO, you would have the shutter speed. You know, back when we started and we were taking pictures with Nikonos cameras, um, you know, by the end of the day, you couldn't remember, did I take it at 125th of a second? Did I take it at 60th of a second? Did I take it at f8? Did I take it at f5.6? You might not have seen that roll of film that day either. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, one of the great things in the in in the history of uh, underwater photography was aggressor in the early days actually had film processing on their boats. You know, and I know the crew is grateful that that digital photography has come along because there was some there was some poor crew member that was stuck in a little tiny hot dark room. Uh, for much of the day, especially on the gym trips, and and in the first couple years on our trips, um, that that you know there were so many rolls of film that went through there, uh, you you never saw the poor crew uh, crew member, but with digital photography, we're able to sit down with folks and look at the metadata of their photographs, look at the results of the photographs, and between the actual image and the information behind the image. Um, we can give them really strong information as to how to make that picture better or a firm pat on the back saying, man, you really knocked it out of the park with that one. So, so um, we always try to be completely positive about the photography that we see in front of us uh, with the students. Because once again, you know, it's their vacation. They don't want to hear us uh, complaining about something. And, and like I say, there's always something to learn from any picture, good, bad, or magnificent. There's always something to take away from that picture and, and be able to apply the next day. Would you guys say that you notice a change in someone's ability, you know, in the middle of the week, toward the end of the week, on average, and just you like know, slowly they're getting better with your trip or... Or is it kind of like one of those things that just kind of clicks? No, I, it's, it's some people, we get a lot of repeaters, okay? We get a lot of people who've been with us uh, a few times before. And, and even some of those folks 
you know, it's it's like you haven't done it for six months okay. and they need a day or so to to really hone in their their skills. And the amazing thing to us is, you know, we'll give those we'll give those lectures um, in in the morning. And there are people who've been with us 10, 12 times. We're sitting in a lecture and we're thinking, you know, we'll even say to them, you know, why don't you why don't you go upstairs and, and sit in the sun and enjoy yourself? But they like to hear the information again because they haven't done it in a while and and they want to be reminded of it. For the new people, part of the part of the the thing I think that Mike and I bring to the table is that when we're given a lecture, we're looking people in the eyes and we're looking for that thousand yard stare because when you see that then you know that that maybe you're going a little bit too fast or maybe you got to back up and go over something again and and slow down and we like a lot of questions asked of us because that that's feedback to us that people are getting what what we're saying um, you know your first dive is going your first day of diving is going to be on a on a sunday typically let's say and um, that's pretty much go in the water, do what you would normally do on, on that day. Pretty much it's uh, get in the water, get a feel for your system in your hands. You know, maybe you haven't been diving in six months, get a feel. And then on Monday, uh, now we're starting to, to explain to people some of the technical information uh, having to do just with photography, forget underwater photography, because a lot of what we teach has to do with manual photography. And with manual photography, people actually have to pay attention to things like the f-stop and the shutter speed and the ISO. And we go through an explanation uh, of, of all of those portions of, of the system um, in the early part of the week. Certainly by Tuesday, you're getting people starting to really get improvement and and that's where we really want to start to look at people's pictures in the evening you know what happens by wednesday and thursday is uh we start to talk in the lectures about things like composition we get away from the technical issues and more towards those esoteric things about how to make a picture prettier based on you know, uh, your positioning versus uh, the, the subject's positioning and things like that. But, but man, we get to Wednesday and Thursday and you, and you start to see people uh, jumping out of the nest. You know, they have, oh, we don't, we don't need you to be with us in a water. You know, they're, they're doing things on their own. And, and, and that's really a wonderful feeling is when you start to see the good stuff happening. And by Friday, um, you know, most of the time, really, really good stuff is happening. And on occasion, too, when we do take our camera in the water, some people have said that uh, it helps to helps them to watch us and see how we shoot. Um, but just jumping back to what Mike was saying um, about the how the week is structured, we basically break the whole concept down into three main segments, okay? Your diving skills, your photography skills, and your creative eye. So while we're not going to show you how to use a computer underwater diving, we are going to focus on, um, on your buoyancy. And, and 
not, not only so much to protect the reef, which is important, but also to allow you to maneuver into places with your camera with just like the touch of a finger on the bottom or, or to, to be really truly neutral buoyant, not just at the beginning of your dive, but throughout the entire dive so that you can glide in and out and, and not disturb or damage anything that you're trying to shoot. And then the technical stuff like the f-stops and the shutter speeds and all that other stuff. And then the creative part where it's not only composition, but maybe strobe positioning and, and how do you light that differently? Um, uh, so to make for a different different effect on the image. So there's, there's, there, there's these three big basic ideas, these three basic concepts that we try and, and, and follow through for the entire week. At the end of the week, um, depending upon what, what day of the week it falls, but let's say typically, you know, you're gonna get off the boat on a Saturday morning, uh, Friday night, uh, we get together. Uh, there's usually uh, a, a captain's uh, cocktail party. And then after the cocktail party, we go down into the lounge and we've collected, um, you know, a handful of, of each guest's photographs or videos during the course of the week. And we have a little show. And, and uh, I'm telling you, some of the photographs that, that we've seen over the years have been uh, just spectacular. You know, some really, really talented people have uh, yeah. have traveled with us. It's yeah. uh, that's that's the real fun of it um, on that on that Friday night. You know, when when we get to see uh, everybody's work. You know, because what'll happen on on our trips, as opposed to uh, you know just a casual diving trip, is you go into the lounge um, nine o'clock at night. And there are people just sitting around on their computers, working on working on photographs, and and that happens uh, starting like Monday night, all the way through Thursday night when uh, Mike collects, you know, the the images for the tomorrow's uh, slideshow. But but you get really really dedicated people who who just sit there and and work on their stuff. Very cool. And would you guys? Uh, say that buoyancy is actually probably the hardest thing to get your customers used to? It. That's a really great question because I was thinking about it when we were talking about New Jersey diving and wreck diving. And once I put a camera in my hand, it forced me to become a better diver. Hmm. But as years went on, the better diver I became, and by that I mean better at my buoyancy, the better a photographer I came, became. So I would say buoyancy is a critical part of underwater photography. If you can't, if you can't maintain your buoyancy, if you can't get your position midwater and be able to just float there, in the absence of any current, okay? We're talking about a Caribbean trip or, or a Red Sea trip or someplace where you've just got really still wonderful water. You need to be able with your system to just be able to go mid-water, hang off of a wall and stay put. <clears throat> if you've got a kick to be able to stay in position, then, then you really need to work a little bit more on your buoyancy. See. Mike, take it. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, the average diver 
will swim along the top of the reef or uh, along the wall and whatnot. And uh, that's pretty much how they enjoy their dive, okay? But a photographer, in order to get a picture of something, whether it's wide angle or macro, you got to get close. And if you think you're close enough, you got to get closer. Well, you get closer to take the pictures if you're not properly weighted and you're not maintaining that neutral buoyancy throughout your dive, you're going to damage something. You're going to damage either what you're trying to take a picture of, or you're going to damage your camera equipment, or you're going to damage yourself, or you're going to damage all three. And, and that's not what it's all about. No picture is worth any kind of, of, of harm uh, to anything. So as, as long as you can, can be neutral throughout the dive now, not just at the beginning, right? And, and be able to, to, to position yourself without a lot of flailing, you will be able to, to do a good, uh, a good job at taking your pictures, okay? And, and, and we try and, and focus on this intently the first day, but also the other days too, as we're in the water with people, as we see them working, We'll try and, and, and give them some tips. You know, like for example, some people may be, may be able to maintain their buoyancy perfectly, but they have a problem with their legs floating up. Well, did you ever think of using ankle weights? Sometimes no, sometimes people don't, don't think of things like that. Okay, whatever it takes to trim your buoyancy and possibly even your camera's buoyancy that will, that will allow you to maintain that neutral buoyancy throughout the entire dive. And uh, you guys did uh, quickly touch on video there. Would you guys say that uh, video is any different when you're teaching that, when you have customers that are coming on wanting to shoot more video as opposed sure it to- is Because uh, with, with still photography, um, it's, it's primar- primarily um, strobe lighting. Okay, you've got instantaneous flash. Uh, with video, it's either going to be natural light or, or there's going to be a constant light source. Now, what has changed over the last couple of years has been those hybrid cameras, you know, the, the smaller uh, dual point and shoot cameras that can shoot uh, video really well and can shoot stills very, very well. And in that case, uh, some of those point and shoot cameras, uh, they don't work so well, especially the ones that are, are more fully auto exposure kind of cameras. They don't work so well with strobe light, but they work better with a constant light source. Um, so we, we gravitate those shooters to uh, more of the solar kind of lights, uh, something that's going to be a video light. But videographers, uh, yeah, they, we have to do special attention to, uh, to that. And with videography, it's not so much how to, because we can sit down with folks and talk about basic video techniques and, and the different kind of shots that, that you're gonna need to get. What it really comes down to, more so than with still photographers, is editing, okay? So uh, that becomes more essential to them in between dives and after the dives. Because with videographers, a lot of times it's go down there and capture a bunch of footage in mass. Make sure, make sure you let the camera roll long enough so that you can edit out the filet mignon of the shot. Uh, the biggest problem that I see with folks 
um, is really they, they their shots are too short. You know, it's like it's like three seconds, and the first second or so, the camera's jostling a little bit because that's what happens when you first turn it on. Mm-hmm. Let it roll a little bit, and and we can always trim it down in in post. Okay. All right. Well, uh, moving on. Uh, what is your vision for the future of Mike and Mike Photography School? A lot of that's going to have to. We be- actually, Mike. Let me let me take this right here. We actually uh, have a, a big plan on uh, starting with um, six or seven liveaboard dive boats throughout the throughout the world and and growing our business in the. Oh no! Wait, no. We're just kidding. No, we're not. We're not taking over. We're not. We're, go ahead. I'm sorry. A lot of it has to do with technology. You know, uh, like I said a, a few minutes ago, we wouldn't have never dreamed that it would have gone from film to digital as quickly as it did. For us, one year, literally one year, it was 90% yeah. film, 10% digital. The next year, it was the exact opposite. Yep. It was 90% digital, 10% film. Yep. And, and the following year, there was no film. Uh, so, so who knows where where the technology is going to go but let's say for the foreseeable future basically what we do is um we will schedule you know about five or six or seven trips with um aggressor uh per year we spread them out over the course of the year we like to do um we do the whales in in the early part of the year like this year in the first part of February, we've got we've got the humpback whale charter in the Dominican Republic. Um, it's not so much an underwater photography class uh, because you're not scuba diving. Right. Um, you're either, if you're lucky enough, snorkeling with the whales, which is an unbelievable experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's a lot to do topside um, in the chase boats with photography, and I'll tell you. I learned a ton myself the first time that I did it. My anticipation of what it was going to be versus what it actually turned out to be uh, photographically was 180 degrees. You know, I had to pare down, uh, you know, my, I had to limit my goals a little bit because you're bouncing around on, on the chase boat and it's wet out there. And, and so, you know, we learned a lot, but it's a it's an unbelievable experience. Then we like to bookmark the year with what we call our exotic trips, some something that's that's further away in the world. Um, in the middle of the summer, we like to cluster our um, our Caribbean trips because the Caribbean trips are ideal classrooms for us. The water's warm, the water's calm. There's no current. We dive off the mothership. So all of those things contribute to us being able to spend time with divers in the water. Um, if, if an equipment problem should crop up, we can respond to it very quickly. We can do a lot of things to, to make it more conducive to uh, the teaching side of things. However, I'm looking at this schedule and I just say that that we like to do the middle of the summer in the Caribbean, but this year coming up, 
we've got a Red Sea in the middle of the summer, and we've got a Sri Lanka safari lodge in the middle of the summer as well. So, uh, so we're going to change the rules a little bit this this year. But we still we're flexible. Have, yeah, we still have a Tiger Beach. We've got a Belize aggressor trip. We've got a Cayman aggressor trip. All in those periods of time where the diving is beautiful, the water is calm and warm and great for learning underwater photography. Very cool. And, and while you have that up, do you want to go ahead and read the dates off to us? For sure. You? Mike, got it? So uh, February 6th to the 13th is our humpback whale charter in the Dominican Republic. Um, probably full by now, but uh, you can always check it out. Um, then May 3rd to the 11th, we're going to be on the Socorro Aggressor for a seven-day photo course. Um, May 22nd to the 29th, Bahamas Aggressor, Tiger Beach. If you like sharks and some really great Bahamas diving as well, that's the place, uh, that's the place to do it. Well, I got June something. 19th to the 26th, the Belize Aggressor, Belize Aggressor 3, as opposed to the 4. Um, and then, as Mike said, in July, July 10th to the 17th, we're on the Red Sea Aggressor 2. And on the 18th, we're in transit and um, uh, for the, for between the 17th and the 18th. And then July 18th to the 24th, we're at the Sri Lanka Aggressor Sri Lanka Photo Lodge um, for the first time, as a matter of fact, to have a, a photo safari and, uh, and class as well. Then August 26th to September 4th, we're on the Cayman Aggressor 5. What a great, uh, what a great new, new vessel that is. And then uh, November 15th to the 26th, an 11-day Indo Aggressor trip. That is fantastic. We just love Indonesia. The, 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 the marine life there is incredible. Uh, and, and you could put on a macro lens and dive the entire trip without taking it off. Uh, although there are some some great wide-angle photography uh, options there as well, but Indonesia is is wonderful, and to be there for 11 days really makes the trip worthwhile. So that's our 2021. Hopefully, we'll be able to do all of that, unlike 2020 where we had some issues with some little stinking virus. But um, uh, that's what we're looking forward to for for this year. And uh, if you um... If you miss those dates, go to uh, Aggressor Adventures website and go to the Mike and Mike Photography School. And we've got the dates for 2021 that Mike just talked about and uh, what we've got available already in 2022. Very cool. Well, do you guys want to throw one last pitch out there for anyone listening, inviting them on these trips? And Well... Uh, please. I just got a new dog and he eats a lot and, um, he needs to be fed. So anybody who, uh, comes on the trip will certainly be, uh, helping feed, uh, my new dog Kringle. But other than that, if you're interested in underwater photography and want to learn underwater photography, the easy way, uh, there's no better way to do it than with Mike and I. For a rip snorting good time, come see Mike and Mike on any one of the aggressive charters that we will be on. Sounds like a good t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys being on. And uh, as always, we, we always look forward to seeing y'all's photos once you, you guys are finishing up your trips. So uh, we'll be looking for those on the social media side. And um, Thanks for having us on. 
Yeah, we really Thank appreciate it. Much. I'm sorry if we were too shy, as we usually are. I don't think anyone's ever said that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we all take care. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mike and Mike. We really appreciate it. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for watching another episode of Inspired by Adventure podcast. Take care. See ya. Thanks for tuning into the Inspired by Adventure podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.